really pleased to be able to introduce you, for the meantime, to, to two of our panel. Um, we have the writer and the creator, Stefan, and we have Peter, who plays Michael. Stefan, let's start with you. We're on the third series, of course, but people may not know where the original idea came from. I mean, you're, I won't be so rude as to ask your age, but you are a young man. What made you want to write about this lady in her 50s, this mother? Um, I'm 38. OK. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think the age thing doesn't really matter, um, or the gender thing, because um, I, I think things like age and gender and race and religion and sexuality uh, and all of them, uh, they're just the circumstances. And what interests is that they're just the circumstances that an individual finds themselves in. And what I'm interested in is the individual. And... So if you're, I think writing for a woman who's like 59 or whatever, for me is the same as writing for a man who's 38 because you have um, a set of things that they're going through that you, and you just need to consider those things in the circumstances of someone who's been alive for however many years uh, and the experiences of that person's particular gender. So, um, so what interested me was um, the, the things that she's going through. Mm -hmm. And what interests me in particular about uh, the experience of a woman is uh, that the societal expectations of them are, are so much more, um, they're so much more demanding than they are of men, mm -hmm. uh, which, which allows for um, more interesting uh, allows you to do quite interesting things um, because a woman is expected to be things in a way that a man isn't, which can create an immediate uh, tension inside the character. Uh, and Kathy's story is a is a search for um, a kind of freedom or individuality. So those, so things like that attracted me to the idea of writing for a woman, which mm -hmm. I think is quite, why I quite like writing her female parts. Yeah. Um, here she is. Aha. Yeah. Leslie Manville, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Leslie. Welcome. Hello. Well done. You've hardly missed anything. We've Thank only been going for a couple of minutes. So oh, welcome. good. welcome. You good. missed a fabulous reaction as well from the audience. <laughs> um, so, so I was just asking, Stefan, how the idea came about. Am I right in thinking that after the huge success of him and her, you actually didn't want to write something domestic or you wanted to write something completely different? Um, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Uh, and this just sort of um, bubbled up, really. Mm -hmm. And tell me about this third and final series. What made you want to go out of Cathy's home, to, to go into the countryside, and also to, to strip it across this sort of week? Uh, well, I think the timeline of the first two series was quite useful because you're dealing with someone um, who's going through a thing that takes quite a long time. Uh, so I said it across a year each time. Um, because that seemed an appropriate way of taking that character on that truthful journey. I mean, it takes ages to even begin to deal with something like what she's been through. Mm. But then with this stage of the story, um, I think it required a, a shorter timeline. Uh, and so I wanted to set it across a week, which it's quite hard to think of reasons for people to come around every day for a week. <laughs> um, and it was also the, 
the journey that Kathy goes on in this series, I thought probably it would be hard for her to go on that journey inside that house, with, you know, considering the character of that house and, and the um, ghosts in every corner. And so I wanted to take it somewhere else, and uh, which would allow that timeline. There's also something, uh, I think, in stories about when people go to the countryside, yeah. when people go to the woods in stories, <laughs> um, things happen and um, people are able to be themselves. Yes. And that seemed quite, um, quite useful for, for the story of this series. Yes. We will speak a little bit more about perhaps how this series ends without any spoilers. But in the meantime, let me bring in Leslie and Peter. You are both, you know, huge actors, do a lot of big screen stuff. Of course, Leslie, you were nominated for an Oscar last year. What brings you to a, a slightly smaller uh, TV show, a much loved but smaller TV show? What, what do you love about your characters so very much? Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you can only ever start with the writing. I mean, it, it, when Stefan came to me with series one, I hadn't seen him and her, um, so I watched that. Um, and it's just the writing, really, because you, you, can, you can try and make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, but it's best not to, really. Um, and so I could see this wonderful, rich um, character and story and that it was going to be a quiet a quiet uh, unravelling, yes. um, and that's kind of always interesting for me, and, uh, and what, what isn't said, uh, and there's bucket loads of that. Yes, yes. So. And Peter? Mm. What do you think, Peter? What do I think, Peter? <laughs> um, no, likewise, the, the scripts are really strong, mm -hmm. and it's interesting you would say something smaller, because from an acting point of view, scale, financial or TV versus film mm. is of no significance, in, especially now. Um, television and, and film have become, they're almost indistinguishable yeah. now, both technically and um, in, in terms of the audience that they get, the demographic. So whenever you get a script, regardless of whether it be TV now or, or film, you treat it with exactly the same kind of respect yeah. as you should. Um, and in the case of something as good as this, you get a script, and and when when the writing is as strong as it is, then obviously you would say yes. Yeah, it's quite it's quite simple in that regard. And what has the reaction been like to the first two series? I mean, people who love Mum really love it. I think it, it, they've got a very very sort of loyal audience. Do people come up to you all the time and say, "When are you two going to get together?" Do you get that a lot? No. I, I get <laughs> I get clocked for mum more than anything. Oh really? Yeah. 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 And and they do want to know if we're going to get together and uh yeah the, the, it I think it's but it, it's it, it's interesting the kind of pe the kind of response that it gets. It, it's always quite gentle. Yes. People are not going, "Oh, oi, Cathy, <laughs> you know, it's quiet and it's it's you know, we love mum and we you know it is it what's going to happen? Are you going to, as if you're going to tell them? But um, yeah, it's been it's been quite remarkable, really. And do people ever say to you, why doesn't Kathy just tell them to make their own damn cup of tea? Yes, yeah, there's quite a lot of that. She's she's very um, non-judgmental, isn't yes. she? She's very patient and um, uh, 
with a huge sense of humour of her own and uh, twinkle. Um, yeah. I, th I think what's lovely about it as well, I think what pro people probably here really enjoy about it is, of course, you know, you had the titular part. It is about Kathy, it is about Michael, it's about their relationship. But it also feels like an ensemble piece. The, the B characters are not B characters. Even when they're being unkind and awful, as some of them can be, we know why. And they have their own sort of quite sad backstories, don't they? Is that, that's obviously a very, um, you know, some, something that you very much do on purpose. Do you think much about their backstories? Do you know stuff about them that we don't know? Uh... Yes, probably, um, but they also, they sort of reveal themselves in the writing as well. So with someone like Pauline, is you sort of start with uh, sort of the journey with someone like Pauline or Kelly or Derek, those, those characters who are, um, uh, have sort of slightly larger comic muscles, I suppose. Uh, the journey with them is, is, to, is to dig into why they're like they are. Uh, because people aren't just like that for no reason, or people aren't just horrible. There's, you know, people aren't just horrible. I mean, some people are, I suppose, but <laughs> like, some people are really horrible. But, <laughs> but like normally, when you meet people, if they're if they're a bit of a dick, then it's 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 usually because they're sad, um, or because they they don't understand something, or they can't do something, or something um, doesn't quite work in their heads, and. Um, I think it's interesting that when a person says or does or behaves in a certain way, it makes total sense to them at the time they do it. <laughs> yes. So however weird someone's being, it makes absolute perfect sense to them to be like that. Yeah. Um, and that fascinates me. So digging into, you know, when Pauline says the things that she says, they make it's absolutely perfectly okay in her head that she's saying <laughs> yes. those things so to dig into the circumstances for that and and the whys and, and the and the, the 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 slashes in her soul that are um resulting in in this kind of behavior is fascinating yeah listen and peter how do the cast all get on with each other do you love being reunited every time every series no <laughs> no no, no we, we, we became really really tight yeah. In all, in all truth, it was um, one of those rare occasions when we were all just one great big happy family, yeah. as it were. And it is rare, really, isn't yeah. it? Because, I mean, I, we are lucky in that every job we do, we meet a new bunch of people. So you've got loads of opportunities in life to make friends. You know, it's not one of those jobs where you're stuck with the same people. But you can't take everybody with you, because over the years, you. but uh, uh, truthfully, we are, it's real, it's proper love, you know. It, <laughs> we, we really do all have extraordinary relationships. And when we knew that we'd be shooting this last series on location, we just thought, that's it, we're going on holiday to Dorking <laughs> for eight weeks. <laughs> Let's talk about those eight weeks a little bit. I mean, the direction is absolutely fabulous. The, the walking on the gravel, um, <laughs> Derek in his swing, all these beautiful <laughs> moments. Is that in the script? Is there much leeway with it? How does it all work? There's only one way to walk on gravel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's no acting required in that one. It just hurts. <laughs> Sore. And, and, and the food as well, of course. I mean, I think probably Lisa and Sam actually get the short uh. stroll, particularly in this series, bless them. But I mean, you all are constantly eating. So I that's got to be hell for an actor, hasn't it? When you're doing take after take off. You'd really have to ask Sam Swains because yes. uh. I mean, what that man did with a sausage at eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Several sausages. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, he was eating cold, <laughs> rank sausages, cold roast potatoes, yeah. or cold pork chop. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> We will ask him. We will ask him in the bar afterwards. But I mean, you have a, your fair amount of packets of crisps, so you sort of. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's um, it's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the script, Stefan. What I particularly love about your script is that it is very, very sparse. And some of your most beautiful lines. Um, I, I said this to Stefan before, but I will say it in front of everyone because I'm sure everyone remembers this line. What if I just miss Dave? I think might be one of the greatest lines in any TV show of any time, if you remember that from the last series. But many of your lines in this series are five, six, seven words. Um, and I just wondered if you could tell us a bit about the writing process. Do you come up with those lines and think, right, this is how I build up to it? Or is it plot first and then come up with these killer lines? How do you pack that punch? I, 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 I don't really plan the episodes or, or structure them. Um, I have an idea of... Uh, the character's arc um, across the three series um, and across uh, this series and across the episode uh, and across this bit of the episode and across the scene and then across this bit of the scene. Um, and then I'll, I have an idea of like the sort of the apparent narrative. So it's morning um, and I'll have some things I've noted down as I've, you know, just gone around thinking then I'll just start writing um, and then I'll write it quite quickly uh, in, a, you know, like two or three days uh, and it's, it's absolutely shit. Um, <laughs> and so then the process then is, so that's kind of just like a skeleton. And then the process is just rewriting and the rewriting is mainly sort of trying to smash my writing to bits so that it doesn't feel um, pleased with itself or so that it doesn't feel written. Uh, so it just feels like people chatting. Um, and the intention, though I, I don't always achieve it, is to um, to have to have the words just as you know they're just a part they're just part of the scene like the costumes are like like the um, like the set is they're just part of a thing of a moment that you're capturing, um, and to have as few as possible, which is uh, and and to have the the sort of if you imagine it as a, as a lawn um, and have all the grass the same height mm -hmm. so that there are no little words or little jokes or little moments that bump up and go, look at me, I've been written, aren't I great? Um, so keep it, always keep it about the story and about the moment and about the truth of the characters. Yeah. Um, and then sort of, so that like the line that you quote just came about from thinking, what would Cathy say at this point? And what, mm -hmm. does, what does Cathy feel? What has she been worrying about over the past few episodes? Um, she's going to finally have this moment of honesty with herself and with Michael. So how would she put it? What would she say? And Leslie and Peter, when those scripts land on your doorstep, what do, what do you do? How quickly do you read them? How do you phone each other? Do you text each other? Are you, are you as keen to find out what happens as we <laughs> all are? Oh, I... I uh... No, I, I think we just read them quite privately, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we say, how much? Very <laughs> 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 much. Yeah. Don't we, Kenton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you get as emotional as we do, though, or is it, or is it different for you? Oh, no. I mean, I remember in s series two when um, Michael comes in to tell Cathy that his mother's died overnight mm. and... Kathy's rab rabbiting on about tea bags and 
um, and keeps saying to him, asking him if he's all right, and he kind of can't quite say it. And then when Peter, fin when Michael finally says, my mum died, I mean, it was, I think it was hard for all of, all of us. Mm. Um, yeah, you do get, you do get um, uh, involved. You, you get drawn in to what, to what um, the character's thinking, but you get moved on some other level as well, yes. because, especially because, you know, Peter was so heartbreaking in that moment. Yeah. You, can't, you can't help but, you know, well up. Yeah. And let's let's tease a little. Now, I think it wouldn't be a spoiler to say there can be possibly two or three different endings to this series. They will either get together or they'll decide not to, or I suppose maybe the purgatory could go on and on forever. So I guess we've got three choices, right? Without spoiling it, did you know how it was going to end right from the very beginning? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I knew the... I, mean, I didn't know they were going to let us do three series. Um, so Im imagining that, that we would have the, the luck and the privilege of making three, uh, I had an idea of the, the journey that each character would go on. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you both feel about the ending? Again, being careful with your words, of course, but how did you feel about the way that this wraps up? Sad to say goodbye to it, I'm sure, but... I, th I think it finishes as, as it should. I think Stefan from from the word go. Oh, there you go. Um, from the word go, Stefan always said it was going to be three series, and I think it's. I think the ending felt very natural. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel forced or contrived, or everyone having a a happy moment, or mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't tie tie everything up. So it's complicated right until the end for yeah, everybody. Which is it? Yeah. As, as it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a feeling of um, of um, life going on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That it's like there's, there's a continuum and, yeah. it, and it will go somewhere else, which you could make a series about, but we won't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And this will they, won't they sort of theme that, you know, has been popular for years and years and enduring. You don't know, have to look at Friends and Ross and Rachel or whatever. It is so popular, isn't it? People absolutely love it. Why do you think that is? The, the will-they-won't-they they idea of, of a, a couple who nearly but not quite. The, the answer's in the question. <laughs> yes. it, you know, it's nearly but not quite interesting. Yes. When they do get together, maybe, and that's where the bravery of the third series comes in, because Stefan dealt with that in a way that surprised me. Yes. I mean, when I got the, the episodes, I read them on my phone, and they, they just get emailed to you. And I thought the first episode that I read was the last. Yes, because the kiss happens very yeah. early on, doesn't so it's it? Exactly. Right up front. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd actually read it in the wrong sequence. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that when I realised it was the first episode yes. and that they were talking about something that had happened uh, two, three nights previous, yes. it was a shock. Yeah. I didn't expect that. But it's clever, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, you could have had... Yeah. Us in bed with our hot chocolate yeah, yeah. and pyjamas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's just one fleeting kiss yeah. on the lips and then the audience... You think the audience is probably going, got, what's, got to rewind. But yeah. the other thing about it is that's so good, I think, is that it's a story about middle-aged people falling yes. in love and, and very sweetly, a lot of the time, just looking like teenagers <laughs> because this whole new fizzy thing's happening to them. And, and that's not dealt with very much on, on television.
Italian films, or it's or it's kind of in Hollywood, you know, it's all kind of um, it, aren't they still sexy and fifty and yes. you know or, or sixty actually, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ten years wiped off my life. It's easily done though. Isn't yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, it's all glamorous, you know, yes. and they've all still got to look great, and you know, and yes, it, it's it's real, it's normal, it's the unglamorous thing about uh, being with somebody for the for the first time or the relationship being new and and Kathy and Michael are such secure people. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter that Michael turns up and sees her in her worst mum jeans <laughs> and terrible slippers. It just doesn't matter. None of that matters. Yes. And that's very refreshing. Absolutely. We have time uh, for some questions. Hi, Maureen Payton, freelance. Um, uh, with websites such as Saga and others for older people, obviously there's a lot of dating with middle-aged and older people. But is it quite a widespread problem? Do, do, do you think, the panel think, uh, of the grown-up children taking umbrage when they're... <laughs> their widowed parent uh, dares to step outside the mum or the dad role and have a new romance. I mean, apart from the fact when there's a big inheritance, of course, that's always a, a, a problem. But just generally that they resent um, the new romance in their parents' life. They don't want them to step outside that mum or dad role. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, I imagine it might be. Um... Imagine that might be a problem. I think in in this show, um, I think Jason's problem is is quite specific to um, uh, to his idea of himself and his relationship with his dad and his and his relationship with manliness and maleness. Um, so I don't really know in a wider way, but I th here it's sort of rooted more in his um, character. I think. Do either of you have anything to add to that? I would imagine it would depend. I would imagine it would really depend on on the the adult kid involved, really. And so far, and so far as I wouldn't imagine it's across the board a problem. But I think most kids of, of you know from mid twenties onwards would appreciate that that's part of the reality, and they would want the the existing parent to to be happy with a new partner. But I'd imagine that if they were if you were insecure. And and maybe a more complex relationship with the surviving parent. Yeah, I would imagine it would, could be a problem. Hello, Michael Jones, gynaecologist. What struck me <laughs> about the uh, female character from the gynaecological po gynaecological point of view is that I can't help thinking that she's a bit of a victim in this. Um, she seems to have a, a a rough ride with with people treating her badly generally, and, and taking it on the chin and not batting an eyelid. And, and the, the, the point of my question to Stefan is that I can safely say that every <clears throat> single character that I watched in these two episodes this evening, every single one without exception, I could relate to somebody I know in my family. And um, Kath is Auntie Kath. My Auntie Kath was the headmistress from Liverpool who supported the whole family and got set upon relentlessly. Then I've got my Uncle Jim, who's that cantankerous old bugger who's drunk all the time and being rude to his <laughs> wife. And I just kept on thinking, 
everybody in this series is somebody who's been very close to me. So my question is to the director, Stefan, you did describe how you bought the structure and the <coughs> texture of your dialogue and your script together, but did you in the back of your mind base all of this on people you actually know in your own family? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't, I, it doesn't really work like that. Um, so I think if you, if you did that, you, I think I think it would it would soon fall apart uh, because I think you need you sort of have your narr your um, the four walls of your narrative that you that you need to exist within, um, and then your characters have to work within that. So it kind of works the other way around sometimes, where instead of going um, right, I'm going to write something a bit like um, my uncle Jim, um, you you might say. Uh, there's this character, and oh yeah, that that's an interesting thing that that person I know does. That might be an interesting um, thing to say or or thought to feed in. But it 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 would be it would be much it's much easier to invent a character from nothing than to try and write a real person. I think. It is interesting. I completely agree. I mean, Kathy is my mother-in-law, and I'm very lucky to have a Kathy as a mother-in-law. Do you know a Kathy and a Michael in your own lives? Because you're completely right. They're so relatable. Um, not really, not, no, not particularly. No. And, um, yeah, it was when we first, you know, got going with her, it was finding that balance well, with all of us, really. I mean, um, it was, it was finding that ground where, where you can play them and place them absolutely properly. And, um, that, you know, it took some time. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Vincent Dowd, BBC Radio, primarily for Stefan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you haven't often watched an episode with a relatively large audience like this. So let's say there's 250 people here. So we're <laughs> responding like a theatre or cinema audience. Was there anything in how we reacted an hour ago which impressed you or disappointed you or made you a bit puzzled? Uh, no, it was, it was just a relief that you laughed. <laughs> But given that at home it's probably not a laugh-out-loud show, it's mm. a fantastic show, but it's a kind of show you watch intently, was there anywhere we laughed where you thought, oh, I didn't think they would laugh there? Uh, no, I... I, um, I mean, I, I found the whole thing rather tense and frightening. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't necessarily... Um, thinking, thinking of it in that way, I was, I was just hoping it would end soon. <laughs> Uh, there was a gentleman over there somewhere, I think. Hello. Yeah, it was a, a question for Stefan as well. I just wondered, uh, Nick Hennigan, by the way, Nick Hennigan, uh, as someone that's been uh, um, at the forefront of writing fringe theatre for 20 odd years, I just wondered what your career path was, your, your particular mm -hmm. writing journey. Because I uh, think you used to write for theatre, didn't you? Yeah, I um, started off uh, doing sketch shows at the AE Edinburgh Fringe, and then we did a Radio 4 show of that, and a. a um, swiftly cancelled BBC4 uh, series of that. Um, and then I got Him and Her, which was a sitcom previous. Oh, I did, um, I did some one-man plays uh, in Edinburgh and then at the Bush. Um, and then I got Him and Her, which was my first s sitcom. Uh, I did four series of that and then I did this. Was it a straightforward pitching process? Uh, for, for this? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, th I think relatively compared to um, what I think some people do, but then I, I was very lucky to have um, people who, uh, like Shane, um, who, uh, who, Shane who spoke at the beginning, who was sort of happy to listen and, and to trust me. And um, it's people like that are quite, um, they're a real godsend because, because without them, um, you know, they, they sort of take, they, you know, they sort of trusting anyone to do anything is, is always going to be a risk. And they, they take risks on your behalf in that kind of way. So I was very lucky that, um, that I had him and the BBC generally uh, to sort of go, so, to, you know, so episode one's a funeral. <laughs> and and this woman's a widow, and that's a sitcom, really. <laughs> okay, and and they sort of you know they guide it, and they yeah. So I mean, it, you know, it wasn't um, there is a, there's a process, but it was very supportive. Ask both Peter and Leslie what they'll miss specifically about playing Kathy and Michael. Will it feel like you know you've had part of your body cut off or whatever, <laughs> not playing them anymore? What do you think, Peter? <laughs> um, How much are you going to miss me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll miss Leslie <laughs> deeply. Um, yeah, I mean they were they were lovely to play. I mean I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't have a fucking clue. Um, <laughs> I wandered around like he does, just in a permanent daze. <laughs> you know, I, I kept asking when did I get to cut her head off. You know, it's like, it's normally what I do. So, no, it was no, I'm a bit, I'm a bit lost without bloodshed. Uh, so the fact that I had to mill around looking like the guy from Casualty was, uh, was, 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 a, was a bit of a shock. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think I'll miss the terror of, of that, da that daily existential crisis that I, I was <laughs> I was having but I, I will miss definitely obviously the writing was so great and, and Leslie's just a genius as is the rest of the cast so a, anything like that obviously you're going to miss it yeah I mean we'll miss all of that because it really was a, a very close bunch and um but also um for me it's been a really really big deal this job it's been it's been very it feels it feels very significant and um uh, it so it you know because of all the ingredients being so good you know, everything the the writing the directing of stefan the directing of richard laxton who did our first series you know all of the cast just extraordinarily good actors and that cocktail is quite rare and then you know you make it and then it 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 has um it has uh, a resonance with the with viewers with people it touches them um and uh it's it, it's it's part of a, a great wave of new comedy that's around at the moment that i think is just such a golden time that we're in uh, and how brilliant to make us laugh one minute and cry the next. And, um, so it, I, I will, you know, I will miss the whole of it of of the thing. And it's been it's been really great. It's very dear to my heart this program. So that yeah. 
Muz Khan, a comedy actor, writer, person. Um, I don't ask Q and I don't ask questions at Q and A. So I really hope this isn't one of those really shitty questions that you think, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Um, um, uh, so it's for you, Stefan, and it's about your your Polish heritage and uh, comedy writing in general. For me, as a Pakistani performer, seeing the chronology from say. Peter Sellers doing Indian accents and Indian comedy from the 70s and 80s and being the butt of the joke um, to where we are now, which is a rich vein of Asian comedy. Um, I, I'm finding that as a, as a, as a, as a Polish per person uh, on screen, we're still doing the Polish accent as a funny side gag. And I've, I've not seen any wealth of good Polish characters on screen telling rich Polish stories about Polish people in Britain. And I just wanted to know if if that's something that you're in tune with, whether you're in touch with your heritage or whether it's something that you might write about one day because you haven't touched that yet and I'm not sure if you want to, but I just want to know if that was something that was on the agenda. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, um, I've, got, I've got a very Polish name, um, but I, I'm only... My, my grandparents came over after the war um, Second World War um, uh, as refugees. And so, and another grandparent came over from Ireland around the same time with nothing. So I, I, I definitely have, um, my, my sort of family history is, is steeped in the idea of, of feeling a bit like an immigrant and feeling a bit, um, a bit separate. But I, I think it would be peculiar of me to, to focus on a Polish story because my family were last in Poland in um, like 1945, uh, so I don't think I would have the um, uh, the connection to do it truthfully. But I, I do agree that it, it's a, it's a shame that um, that people need to be so two dimensional about a character just because they're from a a place that's different to them. Are we allowed to know what you're doing next, Stefan? Are you busy waiting? Uh, I'm going to breathe out. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a very good idea. And perhaps go and get yourself a nice glass of wine and, and, and relax. But, uh, I mean, I think you should rest assured that that was a tremendous reception. Thank you. And it just remains for me to say thank you once again to the fantastic Stefan, Leslie and Peter. Thank you.